And, uh, and I think the reason we're going to talk about prayer and something we're going to focus on is, is uh, we're beginning this series on how-to. And the reason we want to talk about how-to is, is because you guys will hear us say sometimes, hey man, you guys should uh, you know, cultivate your prayer life. We guys want to challenge you to be in the Word. And we're in our summer challenge right now, our 89-day challenge to read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, from a couple weeks ago, May 10th, all the way until the first day of school, which will be 89 days. And there are 89 chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we just felt like, you know what, we challenge you guys sometimes to, to read your Bible and pray and that kind of stuff, but we don't ever really talk about how do you do it. And I've had some of you come up to me and say, hey, you know what, like I want to pray, like I want to read my Bible, I want to do that kind of stuff, but man, I would like to, like, like I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to begin, I don't really know what to do. Before I go any further, let me just say this. There's a lot of distraction going on in here tonight. I see a lot more heads looking in opposite directions from at me. And dude, when we're in here, I just want you to know that this is serious time. We spent a lot of time preparing this and, and doing this for you because we believe this is the most important thing in your life. And so if you're here tonight and you came to play around and screw around, we're going to have time after this from 8.30 to 9 o'clock to screw around. We have time from 6 to 7. We'll have that every week for you to screw around, but this isn't that time. So I want to challenge you guys and for everybody that has been attentive, I appreciate that. And if you don't want to get called out and embarrassed in front of everybody, Tonight, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to do it, so, uh, so pay attention. All right, moving on. So here we go. So anyways, we're talking about how to pray, and I think it's important that we talk about how to pray because prayer is our communication system with God. And what we don't realize is, is that just like in any relationship, we talk about a relationship with God as this personal relationship. Just like any relationship, communication is a big part of that. And my wife and I, we have a relationship with each other. And because of that, we communicate with each other. Sometimes I talk and she listens and sometimes she talks and I listen. And we go back and forth and we talk about each other's day and we talk about each other's life. And, and we get into that because we love each other and we have a relationship with each other. And we want to grow in that relationship. And in the same goes with God. We have this relationship with God. And sometimes we pray and we, we talk to God and we, we ask God uh, you know, to, to watch over our lives and to protect us. We ask God for different things. And, and we also praise God for who he is. And we compliment God on how great he is and how big he is and how amazing he is. And then there are also times where you know, I am in my prayer time and I just sit there and I'm just quiet. And I'm like, God, just speak to me and speak to my spirit. And the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And we live in a culture that is so crazy, 100 miles an hour, iPods in all the time, you know, video games all the time. I mean, everything's loud, busy, all this kind of stuff. That sometimes we just don't take the time to sit down and, and just let God speak into our lives. And that's what prayer is, man. Prayer is that. It's this communication system with God. In fact, I think prayer, I believe, I believe prayer is the engine of the church. You want to know why 12 stone has grown like 12 stone has through the years? I'm going to tell you why. It's because of prayer. The favor of God is rested on this place because of prayer. Pastor Kevin, our senior pastor, and a group of elders and a group of pastors from this church meet every Saturday night. And they pray for an hour over the sanctuary, over the chairs, over Kevin for the message on Sunday morning. And the reason they do that is, is because they believe in the power of prayer. And Kevin said that he believes God told him that if you give me Saturday night, I will give you Sunday morning. And so Kevin, every night, meets in this place every week at 9.30 at night. And they pray over this place. And God's moving. 
Every single week here at the point, we have students that meet here an hour early. And, and the summer schedule, if you want to get involved with us, at 5 o'clock. And they pray from 5 to 6 so that they pray over our night and they pray over you. Every day around 3 o'clock, myself and Sandy and a couple others go up to the prayer room. And we pray for about 15 to 20 minutes for the night of. Every week I come in here and I walk over every one of these chairs. And every chair that you are sitting in tonight has been prayed over. Before tonight, every single week, I pray over your chairs. Because we believe in the power of prayer. And we've seen about 35 to 40 students been baptized over the last six months. We've seen about 50 students give their life to Christ. We've seen 22 students called into ministry. And let me tell you something, that is rooted in the favor of God because of prayer. One author says it this way. He says, the Christian life should be daily answer to prayer. And some of you say, man, God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't hear me. God doesn't this. God doesn't that. Let me tell you something. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. What happens is, is that we just don't go to God with our prayer requests. We don't go God and we don't pour our lives out to him. And, and then what happens is that we don't spend any time with God. We don't even give God the time of day. And then all of a sudden in our life, a crisis comes. We're like, oh God, oh God, oh man, my life's falling apart. God help me. And we just expect God to be like this genie just to, to jump when we say jump and, and just, you know, do whatever we want to do. And, and, you know, it's like, God, I, I just really need you to do this for God. There's this really hot girl in my class. He is smoking hot. I'm telling you right I know, she ain't a, I know she don't go to church, all this kind of stuff. God, I know that I'm not praying for the things that you want for my life, but God, I really want you to answer this prayer. And you're like, dude, I've been praying for this girl to go out on a date with me for three months. And she gives me the cold shoulder every time. Because that ain't God's girl for you then. This is when I know God answers every one of our prayers. Every one. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says Wait. Sometimes we don't like that because we want stuff to be answered in our time period, in our time frame, and all that kind of stuff. Now, when you look through Scripture, we see two different types of prayer. And I want to focus in on one of those tonight. But we see two different types of prayer. We see corporate prayer, which is prayer like we prayed tonight. And Jonathan prayed up here earlier. Let's give it up for Jonathan for leading us tonight. Jonathan, you're the man. In the band. And Jonathan and, and, uh, and uh, you know Jonathan was up here praying, and that's a corporate prayer. It's a prayer for all of us to join into. We see this all throughout Scripture. In Acts chapter 12, we see Peter who's in prison, and we see the group of believers gathering together at this house. And it's actually a really funny story. They gather together at this house, and they're praying for Peter to get out of prison. And, we, and if you know the story, the, the gates of the prison open up. <clears throat> Peter walks out, and he goes down to the end of the street, and he, he, go, he goes over to the house where the church has been praying in this home for Peter to go. He goes up to the gate. He knocks on the gate. One of the girls, her name's Rhonda, she comes outside and she sees Peter at the gate. She's freaking out because they're praying that Peter would get out of prison. It is impossible for Peter to get out of prison. And God opens the gate. He walks out. She sees him at the gate. She, she doesn't even let Peter in. She doesn't even open the door. She doesn't even open the gate. She just leaves Peter out there. You know what I mean? So she runs in. She tells everybody in the house. She's like, Peter's outside. And they're like, woman, you are, you are crazy. Like, you, you've like lost your marbles. And she's like, no, no, seriously. And it took her a while to convince them to go outside. Isn't it funny sometimes how we pray things and we're like, God, would you do this? God, I, I want to see this happen in my life. God, I want to do this. And then when God comes through and steps in for us in those situations, it's like, nah, man, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that really happened. Nah, I don't believe that. I don't want to have faith in that. And eventually they go outside and they see Peter and they're freaking out. I mean, it's this really cool story. And that's an example of corporate prayer where people come together and pray. Tonight I want to focus on individual prayer, and we see individual prayer all throughout Scripture. 
And I think who better to get our definition on how to pray than from Jesus himself. And so if you got your Bibles and you want to open up to Matthew chapter 6, I want to show you guys uh, uh, this, this uh, sort of prayer that Jesus, uh, Jesus teaches us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. If you know anything about Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6 is, the ser- is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 this long sermon. In fact, uh, a couple years ago, I memorized the Sermon on the Mount because it was, you know, it's, 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 man, it's Jesus' sermon. I mean, if you're going to memorize some scripture, what, I think it's pretty important to memorize the words of Jesus because that's who, as a follower of Christ, we desire to be like. We, we want to be like. And so I want to read this to you, and I think this is awesome. And, and I'm going to stop as I read through it just to kind of kind of d- define it for you and explain it for you. But look what he says. Starting in verse 5. you got your Bibles. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. He says this. And when you pray. He doesn't say, and if you pray. If you think about praying. If you want to pray. He says, and when you pray. Assuming that as a follower of Christ, as a person who loves God and loves Jesus, that this would be a part of your life. Prayer would mark your life. He says, and when you pray. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by man. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, assuming you're going to pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. This is what he says. He says, listen, this is what the Pharisees were doing. This is what the religious people of this day were doing. They would go out every Wednesday, and they would fast and pray. And how they would do it is they would go out on the streets, and they would go in the synagogues, and they would, they would go out in the marketplace where this was the day that everyone came to the market. And they would, they would hang their heads and act all sad, and, 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 and people would look at them and be like, why are you sad? And they're like, oh, I'm fasting. And the other people would think, oh, you were so spiritual, you were fasting. Or they would go and they would be in public places and, and they would just pray and the people would walk by them and be like, man, that guy, man, he just loves God. Like he, he just, he's awesome. Like, man, I, I aspire to be like him. And, and so they would do this stuff just so that other people would see him. And Jesus says, listen, those people, they've received their reward in full. They have received their reward by the praise of men. He says, but don't be like them. He says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. What does that mean? He says, listen, take some time and pray to God alone. We see Jesus doing this many times. The Bible says that Jesus would go out, and he would go up on the mountainside, and he was there alone early in the morning praying. And we see Jesus doing this many times throughout the Gospels. And the reason is because it is difficult for you to really connect in a personal relationship with God if you don't remove the distractions from your life. It is impossible for you to have a vibrant prayer life and be playing video games or watching TV while you're praying. And what his challenge is here is saying, hey, listen, when you pray, go and find a place of solitude. Go and find a place of quiet. Go and find a place where you can focus on your relationship with God and focus on what you want God to teach you and what you want to pray for in that moment. Find a spot, find some time for God where it's just you and him. I find it interesting. I talk with Christians all the time, Christian adults all the time that I'll be counseling with in the church. And I'll ask them about their prayer life. I'll say, when's the last time you have just you and God, you've just prayed alone, just you and God for five minutes? People who are in the church, their marriage is falling apart, their life's falling apart, God's this, God's that, I can't stand that God's letting me go through this, and all this kind of stuff. Almost every time their response to me is, I can't remember the last time. 
If you want to see God move in power in your life, it starts in your prayer closet. It starts in your personal prayer time with God. Listen, I I try to come in every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 7 a.m. No one else gets here until 9 I come in at 7 a.m. on those three days so that I can spend a couple hours here in the office before anybody else gets here so that I can spend some time in prayer, focusing on my relationship with God, seeking the Lord's will for this ministry and for my life, and praying. Prayer is a powerful tool. And he tells us here that when you do it, it's not about being seen by others, but it's about your, spending time with your, with your Father in heaven. Then he says, and when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask them. You know what I'm talking about? He's saying, listen, do not be like the pagans who think they will be heard for their many words. What they would do is they would go out and they would just pray for hours and hours and hours and say all this stuff. And you guys have probably heard this. You've been in like a, a place where somebody's praying and, dude, they just won't shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like you're there at the meal and like the dinner's ready and it's on the table and you're like, hey, Grandpa, Joe, can you pray? And Grandpa Joe's like, oh God, in heaven, uh, cometh down in this place and give me the life that you desireth for us. Uh." And he starts going in this long thing and you're sitting there like, holy cow. And like 15 minutes later and he's like, sanctify us by the blood of the Lamb, uh, Jesus Christ. And he's going through this whole thing and next thing you know, you're like, holy cow, the dude's been praying for 15 minutes, my food's cold, I don't even want to eat now, what the heck is going on in here? And what he's saying is, and it does, there's nothing wrong with going and saying, hey, man, I want to, you know, I'm going to pray for an hour. Or I feel like God's led me to pray for an hour about this or whatever. That's not what he's talking about. But what he's saying is, listen, God knows what you need even before you ask it. You don't have to go and ramble on and on about all this stuff. God knows what you need. What prayer is, prayer is the opportunity for us to ask God for what he already knows that we need. Prayer is the opportunity for us to ask God for what he already knows that we need. And the cool thing about it is God moves in prayer and there are things that God knows that we need and he will not give those things to us unless we ask him. That's what prayer is. The Bible tells us he knows what we need even before we ask it. But he wants us to come. Come to him in prayer. And then Jesus breaks it down for us and he says, and this then is how you should pray. And he gives us the Lord's prayer. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to show you something, and I think this is really cool in this, uh, in this, uh, this whole entire passage here on, um, on, uh, on this prayer that Jesus gives. And I'm going to show you guys something. If you've been around church for a while or any of that kind of stuff, you may have seen this before. But on how to pray, he lays out for us a perfect picture on how to pray. And he, there's the method, we call it the Acts method. And you guys ever heard of the Acts method before? Some of you guys? It's called the Acts method. And this is the easiest way to remember how to pray. If you've got notes, you can take notes on this. And the cool thing about it is, and, and I want to explain this up front because I think this is important. 
prayer is not some like magical formula that in other words if you don't pray like this perfect way God's not going to hear you prayer is not like that and sometimes we feel like man if I don't say the right words or if like I don't use big enough words or if I don't impress God with the way that I pray then God's not going to listen to me and that is not true Additionally, I'm going to show you the Acts method here in a minute, but, and, and, uh, and C is confession. And there may be times where you go to God and you don't even do the A, T, and S. You're just focusing on confession. Maybe God's laid it on your heart that, that like you need to confess some sins to Him and you just want to spend some time in confession to God. And you may not even get into to this down here, but, but this is something that you feel like you need to confess and get off your heart and, and stuff and let God just kind of heal you in that area of your life. There's not some magic magical formula that if you prayed this way, God will hear you. Listen, God hears all of your prayers. God hears your prayers. God hears the simplest of all prayers. God hears the prayers of a little child. When that little child is praying in, in its limited vocabulary. Jesus even says... If you have faith like these little ones pointing to some children, unless you have faith like these little ones, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And he talks about the faith of a child. God answers the faith of children. God answers the prayers of children. So he starts out and he says this. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That word hallowed be your name, it means holy. Holy is your name. And so the first, the first part of the Acts is adoration. And this is how Jesus teaches us how to pray. This is another interesting thing. He just mentions right before this, do not keep on babbling like the pagans who think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask it. But when you pray, and then he goes through and he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he goes to this Lord's Prayer, and this Lord's Prayer is like that short. Jesus says, this is how you should pray, and it's literally like 10 lines long. And a lot of my prayers are like 10 lines long. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And I'll be getting in my car and I'll pass by a wreck on the side of the road. And I'm like, God, just pray that you'll be with those people. Today I was in the office and Stephen Perry walked by my office, our middle school pastor. He's getting married on Saturday. And I said, hey, Stephen, come to my office, man. I want to pray for you. And I just spent about two minutes just praying over Stephen, you know, in, in my office, just praying that God would bless him in his marriage and that kind of stuff. Or I'll, I'll be at the gym and, and God will just lay something on my heart and I'll just I'll pray for that or you know just praying for whatever. Praying without ceasing, praying throughout the day, having the prayers on your heart and mind all the time. Adoration. What is adoration? Adoration is like, is like praise, praising God. When you go to the Psalms, the book of Psalms has a tons of, uh, tons of pa uh, passages of adoration. It is saying things like, God, you are my strong tower. God, you are my strength. God, you are the creator. God, you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God, beside you, there is no other. There is no one beside you. God, you are the king of kings. And when we read some of these songs, they are, they are songs of adoration. They are songs of adoration and praise to God. And that's the first one there. He says, he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be our name. Holy is your name. Then he goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, listen, we want your kingdom to happen here on earth as it does in heaven. In other words, we want to see what's going on in heaven happen down here on earth. We want to see you move down here like you do up there. We want to see your rule and reign as it is in heaven. We want to see that here on earth. We desire to see that. Then he goes on and he says, give us this day our daily bread. We're going to come back to that because that's down here under this. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
The second one is confession. Confession. Confession is so important. In fact, 1 John 1.9 says that if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so a part of a Christian's life is to confess our sins. Has Jesus already died on the cross for our sins? Has he already forgiven our sins as a believer because of his work on the cross? Yes, he has. But but we still confess our sins to God. We still do that. And so a part of our prayer life and a part of my prayer life often starts with like, God, you are so amazing. You are so awesome. God, I love you. You are are, are my everything. God, I praise your name. And God, I just want to come before you right now. And I just want to confess that, man, this week I haven't made you a priority in my life. God, I want to confess this week that, you know, man, my, my, my thoughts have not been pure. God, I want to confess this week that, that I've just, man, I've been depressed about this situation. And the reason I've been depressed about this situation is because I haven't been trusting in you. God, I want to confess. And, and going to God and confessing your sins to God. He says, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. He's like, listen, we not only, God, are forgive, wanting you to forgive us of our sins, but we are forgiving those around us. Man, that's difficult. When you get to the end of the Lord's Prayer, this is what he said, and it's interesting, he puts this little tagline on there. He says, if you don't forgive others their sins when they sin against you, then how do you expect your Heavenly Father to forgive you of your sins? If you don't forgive others their sins, your Heavenly Father won't forgive you of your sins. We live in a culture that says, you've hurt me, you've put an offense against me, I'm not going to forgive you, or I'm going to enact revenge on you, or I'm going to hold bitterness in my heart so that, so that you can't be restored in a relationship with me so that I can try to wound you in that way. And here's the reality. The reality is, is that the Scripture tells us that if you can't forgive others their sins, your Heavenly Father will not forgive you of your sins. You say, man, that's pretty harsh. You have no idea what someone else has done to me. You have no idea the offenses and atrocities that someone else has poured out on my life. And God's looking back at you going, yeah, but you've put my son on the cross. Your sin killed my son. Don't talk to me about offenses that that person's done against you. Have they killed your child? See, the amount of sin that God has forgiven us from pales pales in comparison to the amount of sin that other people have against us. And you say, man, I carry around guilt and I don't feel like God forgives me. Maybe the reason you don't feel like God forgives you is because you have a difficult time forgiving others. And the word tells us that if you don't forgive them, he will not forgive you. Confession. Confessing our sins to God. Then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He's like, God, protect us. He's talking about himself. He's like, hey, protect us. Watch out for us. This is the prayer request for himself. And this, this last one here is called supplication. Supplications. And they're broken down into two. Petitions and intercession. Big words, I'll explain. 
Supplication is broken into petitions and intercession. Petitions are, are praying for our needs. And so the scripture tells us, hey, pray for your needs. You should pray for your needs. In fact, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. The Bible says remain in me and if my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. See, what happens is we read the last part of that verse and it says, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. But we miss the first part that says, remain in me and if my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. And the Bible tells us that we are to go and give our requests to God and we are to go and humble ourselves before God. And this prayer that Jesus has, it's in humility. He comes before God and he's like, our Father in heaven our attention is pointed to you. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not my will. God, I'm coming to you and I'm praying right now, but I'm not praying for, for you to answer everything that I have. God, answer my request as long as it's okay in your will. Man, sometimes we pray for things that if we got what we prayed for, it would hurt us in our lives. You get that? Sometimes we pray for things that if God gave us, it would hurt us in our lives. You say, yeah, but God, why didn't you answer that prayer request for me? Because God loves you and he knows better and he didn't answer that prayer request for you because he knew that if he did, your life would be damaged worse than if he didn't answer it. Man, I remember when I was in seventh grade, there was this girl. Her name was Allison. And I liked her. She was dating my friend, Jonathan Alst. Jonathan was nerdy. I thought I was cuter. She thought he was cuter. It's all good. But I prayed, man, every night. God. You don't understand. Allison is so cute, God. Please let me marry Allison. Man, I, used to, I prayed every night for God to let me marry Allison. And God didn't let me marry Allison. God let me marry Megan. And I'm going to tell you right now, I thank God every single day that God did not let me marry Allison and that I got to marry the most beautiful woman in the entire world. Sometimes God does not answer our prayers because God knows what's best for us. When you get older, you may be praying for a job situation. And God may not answer your prayer immediately in your job situation because God knows what's better for you. And he knows that if you get that job that you're praying for, it's going to take you away from your family more than that other job did. And if it takes you away from your family more than that other job did, then your relationship with your wife and your kids are going to suffer. And potentially over time, that can lead to a divorce in your house, and that can lead to a broken relationship with your children. And God knows that that relationship that you have with your wife and your children is more important than you having that job making more money. See, God knows better. He knows better than we do. Because he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and we're not. We're finite. Then we've got Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Man, I love Thanksgiving. I love turkey. <laughs> That's not what this Thanksgiving is talking about. It's, but it is kind of the same theme. It's being thankful. 
Man, being thankful to God. When was the last time you just got before God and you said, God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. God, I want to thank you for the mother or father that I have. God, I want to thank you for the friends that you've put in my life. God, I want to thank you for the church that I go to. God, I want to thank you that I'm able to eat three meals every day. God, I want to thank you that you've provided a a vehicle for my family to drive around in. God, I want to thank you. The Bible says give thanks in everything. Give thanks in everything. When's the last time you've, you've just thanked God and you've just praised God and thanked Him for what He's done in your life? Man, if you, have, if you have salvation, if you've given your life to Christ, man, you have so much to be thankful for. I have so much to be thankful for. I have, I'm so thankful that God put me at 12 Stone Church and I'm able to be a part of this every week. So thankful. I praise God for that. I'm so thankful. And man, I mean, there's not a week that goes by that I'm like, God, thank you so much for 12 Stone Church. Thank you so much for the students that come here to this student ministry. Thank you so much for what you're doing here. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the second part of this supplication, petitions. That's the request and needs for yourself. But the second part is intercession. Intercession is, is the prayer request for other people interceding on the behalf of. You know what's cool? The Bible tells us that Jesus prays for us. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, intercedes for us. That means that literally, God prays for you. Not only do we, can we intercede for other people, but God prays for you. And the Bible tells us to intercede for each other on each other's behalf. When I was praying for Stephen today, that was me interceding for Stephen. When someone is sick, that is us, you know, we're praying over them for healing. We are praying, interceding on their behalf because we believe that God can heal. Because we believe that God is bigger. That God can do anything that he wants because God is God. And we intercede. C.S. Lewis said this. He says, prayer in the sense of petition or asking for the needs of ourselves, asking for things, is a small part of it. Confession and repentance are its threshold and adoration is sanctuary. The presence and vision and enjoyment of God is his bread and wine. He said, hey man, asking for our needs is is important, but don't forget that adoration and don't forget the confession and don't forget these other things. And he's like, and listen, when you go before God, he's like, think about others as well. I'll tell you, in my prayer time, I pray for y'all. I pray for a Nicaragua team. I pray for my wife. Yes. I pray for my wife. I pray for our pastor at our church. I pray for the president of the United States. I I pray for missionaries around the world. I'm like, God, I don't know their names. God, I don't know who they are. But God, I know you've put a specific calling on their life. And God, I just pray that you would be with them right now, that you would work in their lives, that you would, that you would bring people to them that can come to know you through the work that they're doing. I mean, I pray and intercede on the behalf of other people because I believe that prayer is powerful. And listen, God answers prayers. And I'm a testament to it. I can tell you over and over and over and over and over again of the prayers that God has answered for in my life. And I think the reason for most of the time, for most of us, we're not thankful for what God has done in our lives and the prayers that he's answered in our lives is because we don't even remember. And the challenge I would even give you is maybe you're here tonight and you're like, man, I want to start a prayer life. I want to start walking through this. I want to start just kind of praying every day and just, just kind of going through the pattern of prayer. And maybe a question that you want to ask yourself is this. Maybe you want to take a notebook and write down the prayer requests that you have. 
When I lead small groups, this is what I do. I have them have a prayer journal. We write down all of our prayer requests. And then the next week, we write down our prayer requests, and we revisit the prayer requests from the week before. And when God answers something that we've been praying for, we put a little check mark beside it. And it's amazing. I'll have a small group, and we'll get to the end of the semester, and you look at our prayer journals, and there's checks everywhere of the things that we've prayed for that God has answered. A lot of times God answers prayers for us, and we're not thankful because we don't even realize what God's answered for us. So I'm going to challenge you guys to, to pray because I believe that prayer is powerful. And I believe that this maybe will give you a guide on how to pray. This will give you a guide on how to pray. And I don't know about you, but man, maybe you're in here and some of you, like, you feel weird about praying in public, right? You're like, you know what, like, I'm, I'm good praying, but dude, don't, don't ask me to pray in front of everybody. I mean, has anybody in here, have you, have you ever been put on the spot before? Like, you've just been put on the spot, like, man, you, you need to pray. And you're like, holy crap, ain't that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually got, I got a video of one of my favorite, favorite moments in television where, where somebody got put on the spot to pray. I think this is really good. Check this out. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish, Dad. You know that. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 no. No, I'd love to. Pam, come on. It's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Amen. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and if you've ever been put on the spot before, you know how awkward that can be. And this is what I want to encourage you with. And I want to encourage you with in, in, in your prayer time, even when you're just praying to God, listen, just be real. Like, you don't have to be someone that you're not. You don't have to give these big words and all this kind of stuff. Listen, just be real with God. God knows who you are. Sometimes I go to God and I'm like, God, dude, listen, I just need some help right now. I'm, I'm dealing with this thing right now. God, I just need your help. I don't really know the words to say. God, your word tells me that you know, you know better than I do and you know the needs even before I ask. I don't even know how to pray this thing right now. But Lord, I just, I'm just coming before you right now because I know that, that I can go to my wife, I can go to my friends, I can go to my small group leader. But at the end of the day, unless you move in this situation, it's just not going to happen. 
So God, I just need you. God, I need you to do something in my life, man, in this situation. God, would you just do it? I mean, just be honest with him. There's no magic formula or whatever. I mean, I hope that's freeing to you. I hope that's freeing to you. When I pray, I don't, I don't care what anybody else thinks. When I'm praying in front of you guys, I don't care if there's someone in here, the super spirituals back there is thinking, man, I pray better than he does. It's not about that. It's not about me praying better than you or you praying better than me. It's about our communication system with God. And some of you may be intimidated a little bit because you're a new believer and you don't really know what to say to God. Man, just be honest with God. Be real, like I said, and just go to God and say, God, look, man, I'm just starting this prayer thing. And Derek tonight talked about these different ways that we can pray. And I'm not really sure, like, how to do this thing. But, but God, I'm just going to give it a shot. And I really, I just, I just need your help with this time. God, just help me as I pray. And I'm just, I just want to talk to you, God. And look, it's all right to be honest with God. God, I'm just going to be honest with you. My life really sucks right now. It just does, man. God, I've been praying for, I've been praying for six months that my house in South Carolina would sell so that I can buy a house in Georgia. I'm living in a basement of a family with my wife. I want my wife to have a home so we can have friends over and, and, and we, can, we can have a place to entertain. And God, I've been praying every single day almost for, for this house to sell. God, I just want our house to sell. God, will you please help our house to sell? Like, what's going on? God, are you not, are you not answering my prayers? And then God reminds me, Derek, you always say. Sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no, and sometimes I say wait. But when I say wait, it's typically, typically because I have a reason behind it. I don't know what that reason is right now. But maybe there's some character issues in my life. Maybe there's some things in my wife's life that God needs to work in me and in her right now in the basement of this person's house until in, in us having a smaller environment to be able to work that out and deal with that versus having to run around and buy a house and deal with all the hoopla of moving and setting up the home and, and all that kind of stuff and all the energy and effort and all the stuff that goes into that that is just crazy and intense and stressful. And maybe God's saying, hey, Derek, I just think these first six months, you really just need to focus on the point and I know that if you're having to move into a home and move furniture in and get your house settled and paint walls and all that kind of stuff, Derek, it's going to take a lot of your attention away from the point. It's going to take some of your time away from being able to study God's Word. And it's going to take a lot of time away from maybe the, the time that you can spend with me to prepare yourself every week. And right now, Derek, I think the best thing for your life is to focus on the ministry at the point. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know the reasons, but this is what I know. I trust God. I trust Him. I know our house is going to sell. And my wife will kill me for saying this, but whether our house sells in one week or one year from now, God, I, I, I pray against it. One week or one year from now, I know that God has a plan, and I'm just going to trust Him in it. Because God is good, and He is sovereign, and the Bible tells us for all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I'm going to challenge you. Go in prayer. Spend some time in prayer. Focus on your prayer life. You, you don't have to go spend an hour. Listen, I'll just challenge you. Start with five minutes. 
Five minutes. Say, God, I'm going to give you five minutes. Maybe, maybe a part of that five minutes is confession, and part of that five minutes is, is, confess, is, is, uh, is, pray, is praising God, and another part of that five minutes is just asking God to meet some needs in your life or praying on the behalf of others. But this is how you should pray. I hope that was informative. I hope that was helpful for you guys tonight. I want to close this out in prayer, and I'm going to have the band come up, and they're going to close this out with a song. After they close this out with a song, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a challenge for tonight. It's, it's uh, 7.59. When they're done with the song, I'm going to come up. I'm going to close out with a few announcements. We'll definitely be done in here around 8.10. We're going to have ice cream sundaes and all that kind of stuff afterwards and everything else, which I'm excited about because I like ice cream. I just am. And, uh, but, but, but listen... We want you every week, we're going to have something like ice cream sundaes or snow cones or whatever, every, something like that every week afterwards to have some time and hang out or whatever until 9 o'clock. So you guys can hang out until 9 o'clock. We want you to hang out. We want you to spend time with each other. We want you to love on each other, get to know each other. Go find somebody tonight that you don't know and introduce yourself to them. But listen, this is important. Shh. I want to challenge you guys tonight. When we're done in here tonight, I want to challenge you at some point while you're here. I, I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool for you just to find a spot. Maybe it's in this room. Maybe it's in one of the living rooms down the hall. And listen, come on, don't be stupid and like go in there just to like cuddle up and make out with your girlfriend. All right, listen. We were all in high school one day as well. Don't go in there to do that stupid stuff. Like for real, this is a church. Make out with your girlfriend at home or not at all. Um, but, um, but, uh, but go into a living room by yourself, find a place by yourself, or go in here by yourself, or go out and find a spot in the lobby by yourself, or on the bridge by yourself, and just get alone with God, and just say, God, I just want to pray, man. I, maybe I've never done it before, maybe you have done it, and just spend some time praying. Spend five, ten minutes in prayer uh, tonight. I want to challenge you and encourage you with that. I'm not saying you have to do it. Maybe you're here tonight, it's your first time. Maybe you're not a Christian, and you're just like, man, that's kind of weird, or whatever. Um, and, and so I'm not, I'm, not, you're not, I'm not forcing you to do anything, but I would just challenge you and encourage you to do it. I think it would be cool. I think you would find value in it, and I would challenge you to pray, because I believe you will see God do more things in your life than you've ever seen happen in your life before. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are with us I thank you for your presence tonight. I thank you, Lord, that we could come here um, on, a, on a night like tonight when so many graduations and baccalaureate services and, and Memorial Day weekends going. And, and Lord, I know that these, these students in this room tonight had so many other things that they could go to and be a part of. And God, I know that tonight we got like half the people here that are normally here because of, of uh, all of these other things going on. But God, we praise you tonight that we could come into this place and to be hungry for you regardless of who's here because every person that is sitting in a chair in this room matters to you and matters to us. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the time that we get to spend together. God, I pray that we would, uh, we would serve you well. And God, I pray that you would work in our hearts as we, as we, uh, as we come before you, Lord, in prayer. God, be with this, this last song as we, we sing out tonight. Lord, I just pray that, that you would help our hearts just to be in tune to you and focused on who you are, uh, for you are good. In Jesus' name, amen.